Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Taste and See. This is a special, special event. We are doing our first deep dive, and we are going into the grace of God, talking with my friend Jeff. We had a great interview, a great conversation, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us again starting on January 9th. We're going to be back with new episodes in the new year, and we are going to have video as well. So if you're joining us on Spotify, Spotify has video as well as YouTube. Um, we will be, uh, you'll be able to see our beautiful, beautiful faces. So I can't wait for what God has in store in the new year. But first, enjoy this interview that I had with Jeff Parks on the grace of God. Well, hey, everybody. I'm here with guest Jeff Parks. It's me, Jeff Parks. It's Jeff Parks. And um, we are back again to continue our conversation on God's grace. And uh, if you remember last week's episode, last episode, we talked about um, the grace of God, big picture, you know, describing God's grace, what that looks like and um, how God is right extending himself on our behalf. He is reaching out to us. He, he uh, made the first move. Um, it's it's not about uh, our works or our abilities or our ability to measure up, but it's all about what God has done for us. Um, any other thoughts to that synopsis? Nope, that's a fantastic synopsis. Fantastic, that's spot on. Yes. See, I love Jeff because he's just always affirming me. You know, <laughs> he's such a great guy. And um, uh, but yeah, so we talked about the grace of God, big picture. And if you missed that episode, just go back uh, a week and you can. Um, check out that conversation. It was a great conversation. But this week we are going to continue talking about um, God's grace and really a specific angle of God's grace, because um, I think the grace of God is a lot less one dimensional than sometimes the picture of, of grace is uh, portrayed. Mm. Um, there are a lot of dimensions to God's grace, and there are multiple facets or applications of God's grace. We are saved by grace, but what I want to bring out in this conversation is that we are sustained by God's grace. You could use a lot of different words. Um, instead of sustained, you could say empowered. You could say uh, transformed. You could say... Um, I don't know what else you could say, Jeff, but, uh, um, <laughs> those are good ones. Those are good ones. You know, but there is a, uh, um, there is a continuing work mm. of, uh, work of grace. I don't know if saying work of grace is the right, uh, terminology, but like God's grace is kind of resounding. Okay. That's a good one. Resounding is um, a good one. Yeah. His, his grace resounds. Reverberating. Reverberating. Ooh, reverberating. Um, and we have the opportunity not only to be saved by grace, but to kind of jump in the stream of God's grace every day to receive his help. It's not a one-time, not a one-time event. Got it, done, boom. Um, but we can actually live our lives sustained by God's grace, depending upon him. And uh, the scripture that I want to um, open up with is in James chapter 4, verse Six, James is he's talking in the context here in James chapter four um, of people who are just rife with with issues with problems and uh, 
Um, Wish I knew some of those people. Yeah. No, that's just that's like us. Because it's me. Yeah. It's me. That's <laughs> it's me. me. Yeah. You know, and, um, and they are struggling with um, worldliness, uh, greed. Uh, they are, they, they're hating each other, murdering each other. They're like- That doesn't sound like anybody <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, fighting sound. each other. And, um, and then James just gets to this point of like, you know, you know we, really, we really need God. And um, he says this in James chapter four, verse six, but he gives more grace. God gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud- but gives grace to the humble. Okay. He opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I, first of all, I just want to say, um, you know, Jeff, why does it say he gives more grace? Any thoughts on that? Oh boy. So, uh, I think that this is alluding to everything that you just mentioned. So like, who is James writing to? in this epistle that he, he wrote this letter that he wrote, this is to um, people who know Jesus. People don't know Jesus. People who know Jesus. Oh man. Yeah. So more grace cause it should already be, um, in my opinion, it should already, we should already be aware of this. The grace is like, so like this idea of the reverberating grace, this grace resounding out from the point where it came down would be the cross, the definitive origination point. And that it has been extending itself out ever since. And everything that he is describing before James 4, 6 of all the misdeeds, I guess, technically misdeeds, like where does a deed come from? It comes from first a thought. And then like James paints a really great picture about where sin comes from. Yeah. Like, Hey, you guys have sin babies. Yeah. It gives, essentially it gives birth to death. Correct. Yeah. That this sin that you start up here nestling in your mind and then entertaining and, you know, just stating until it comes out as death. Uh, the more grace that he gives more grace that, that, that this is the way back essentially. Yeah. All right. So from this place and like, essentially again, I'm the audience here. You're the audience yeah. here. This is, it's not like I can't relate. I can, I can very much relate to this yeah. that like yeah. for a, a large period of my life, really in the last decade, um, pride was like a pretty big thing. I didn't realize it at the time that it was pride. But in hindsight, which is 2020, and uh, with the Lord's insight, it was uh, 100% that. Mm. And uh, that God is resistant to the proud. So it's kind of like, he, James is quoting from the Old Testament here. And um, obviously we are under the new covenant. So it's another layer of nuance of how that, like what that really looks like for us. All right. If there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, what does this resistance look like? Mm. And I think most of the time it surfaces in us as believers as um, it's like sin is like water. This is something that the Lord has kind of showed me in the last I don't know, six months that like, it, have, you, have you ever had plumbing, like plumbing issues? Have you ever experienced plumbing issues in your house or anywhere else? Yeah. My, what's the yeah. nature of water, right? Like if you plug it up one place, it tries to come some, it's going to find else. another place. Yeah. It's not like it might, it is going to give it enough time. It is going to find another place to spring up until you go back and find the place where this started and address the problem. And if you don't, it's just going to keep going until you have to replace the whole pipe or like whatever the outcome is. But the idea is that like sin and this for me is uh, linked in with this, that this is pervasive in our life. And if we don't deal with the issue with God, mm. that's causing all these things, then it will keep surfacing in different areas. And so, uh, 
the way back though is exactly what this says that God is opposed to to pride. That mm-hmm. what because like what does pride say? Pride I, says I, I can this. do this. Yeah. It, man, yeah. I, give me a high five. Yeah. I got this. Pride <laughs> says I got this. Yeah. Yeah. Humility is the exact opposite. Yeah. I don't got this. Well, you want to know something interesting Tell about me. the the word I you know, you always when you you're like words, you know, yes. and you say the word. I don't always remember the word itself, but I remember what I studied. Um, but the in the Greek for the the word for opposes. Okay. Okay. Right. I didn't I know which one we were going with. I, like, really I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. But um the Greek word um for opposes, yes, from my studies is a military word. And it is a it is giving the picture of setting up a military campaign against. Yeah, okay. That's right. Like like a like a full on like we are going, I'm going to dismantle and um, I'm going to take you down. And so I think that it is really cool and really scary that, <laughs> um, that James uses this word here. And it's, it's not a light thing that God opposes the proud. And it is a very um, serious and big, a big thing. And this is not like a, a fear tactic or anything like that, but it's to say that if you say, I've got this, I can do this myself. I don't need God. And this is where I think, again, talking about sustaining grace, I think is so important. Um, many people think by the grace of God, I'm saved. Amen. And now I'm in charge. <laughs> I am going to wrong. Yeah. And I can do this now, you know, you've saved me, you've given me the ticket, you know, and now the rest is in my hands and I got this. Um, can I share a parable real quick? It's yeah. not a biblical one in the fact that Jesus didn't say it, but it's something that again, the Lord in the last, I don't know, year, year and a half, these last two years, if you can't swim and you find yourself in a lake or an ocean, all right, pretend for a second, there was a man who couldn't swim and he was in a large body of water and he was drowning and a boat came along and said, Hey man, give me your hand and get in the boat. Mm-hmm. And he says, Oh, thank you so much. And he climbs into the boat and they're talking and they have great time. And he's like, really appreciative. And he says, all right, cool. Thanks. See you later. And jumps right back in the water. <laughs> is he in danger of drowning again? Yeah. Even though the boat's right there, the boat is yeah. right there. He's in danger of drowning again. And like, yeah, help is right there. But are yeah. you, are you in, are you in the boat getting yeah. help or are you floundering about in the ocean? Yeah. And I'm not trying to, we are not talking about other issues. <laughs> I'm not trying to suggest anything deeper than that. It's just something that the Lord as a metaphor has been like illuminating to me that we, the heart of what, like what you said, that's so often we hear in the body, exactly what you said by God's grace, he's called me and now I'm here and I'm the captain of the ship. And it's like, you, you're probably back in the water to be honest. But if, yeah. if you're in, if you are a person that has said that to yourself, Oh boy. Oh boy. Like, do you know the Greek word for humility? That's where I thought Tell you were me. going. I no, got no, really no. excited. <laughs> you couldn't see my face, but I started smiling like a little kid at Christmas. Yeah. Like, Oh, he's going to say, he's going to say, yeah. he's going to say. So the Greek word for humility is not super important because you don't speak Greek, but, uh, the idea in Greek history, all right, they were constantly fighting each other, the city states. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he who wins the battle goes to spoils, right? That's what it says. All right. In history, that's the idea that if you win, you get whatever you want and everybody else has to live with it essentially. Yeah. And so when they would go in conquering each other's cities, they would make each other slaves. 
The idea of Greek humility and the one that Paul uses prolifically when he's talking about humility, the root word of that is from a person who's been captured by the enemy. And when they get smacked, like, you know, backhanded, however you want to view it, that they stay down on the ground because they realize that's their place, bro. Mm. It is not something you can't like fake it till you make it. Like Mm -hmm. biblical humility is understanding intimately my capabilities Mm -hmm. and that they don't exist. (laughs) Essentially that I don't have any. Yeah. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. The poor in spirit is someone who has no confidence in themselves. Yeah. No self-confidence. You could also say in America, no self-esteem. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Oh. All about (sighs) self-esteem. Yeah, but so you're saying that- Because um, where's the esteem come from? Like, I can't leave it on that cliffhanger. It's yeah. not, I'm not saying that we should just be walking around baptized in lemon juice. Like, you know, just woe is me and I've got yeah. a sour look on my face. Yeah. No, it's the idea that instead of myself being able to make this, that the only way I'm going to make it is if God shows up. And if he doesn't, I'm beat. Yeah. And so like, that is the idea of yeah, porn that, spirit, of humility. Yeah, we are not God. And no, and that I'm so reliant on him. Yeah, we deeply, deeply need yes. him. And um, again, this is where I really, um, talking about God sustaining grace um, as an everyday thing Mm. is so, so important because, and I I love the picture of a sustain, okay, Mm. to be sustained. And um, this is something the other week I was just like, I was dead. I was so, I was so tired. I've got the last like month or two, I've had this little eye twitch Mm. and I know that that's a physical warning sign Mm. for me that Mm. I know I'm at the end. I'm frazzled. I'm I'm frazzled. I'm stretched. I'm stressed. Mm. I'm out of my physical and mental reserves. Right. Mm. And so I've had this minor, like little, like it's like the bottom, bottom, right. Like my right eye, the bottom, it just starts to, you know, it does this little like, (laughs) and like you, I look in a mirror, I can't see it. I can't even see it. So like nobody, nobody knows, nobody sees it. Like, Whoa, are you okay? You know, it's like, but I feel it and I know that's where I'm at. Mm. And so I had, um, I think I was preaching on a Sunday and, um, I got up Sunday morning early to just take a little bit of time with the Lord. Um, and I was like journaling and I, I enjoy journaling. I enjoy writing. I enjoy, you know, it gets, gets things flowing. I took, I took about five minutes. I usually put a timer up on my computer. I took five minutes silence, got him here just to, to be with him and to get present with him. And then I start writing and journaling and I was like, God, I need a word. You know, I need a word. I need you to say something to me. I need you to. And what I felt him um, impressing on me was that word sustain Hmm. and the picture of a piano sustain pedal, right? One, you hit one chord and it rings out a little bit and it stops. But when you hit a sustain, hit, hold down the sustain pedal, that same chord continues to reverberate until the sustain is lifted. Go. Yeah, it's, just it's, keeps going and yeah, going. Yeah, it's lifted. So he gave me this picture, like, wow. And he's like, I'm going to sustain you. Mm. You have very little to offer, very little to bring. There's and, that humility we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. And in that, in that moment, I just mm. physically was just out. And, you know, we could tie this to the widow and the, and her child who were, um, had very little oil and mm. flour and they were about to die. And um, they're like, we're just going to cook this last loaf of bread and we're going to die. It's over. We have nothing. We have like hardly anything left. And they trusted God. They, um, it was Elijah. 
Elijah. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always like, I always second give it. Elijah, Elijah. Yes. Elijah was the prophet. Um, and he's like, make me a loaf of bread. You know, today like, we'd this be is like, my last meal. We'd be like, that is so inconsiderate, man. <laughs> That's so rude. You know, but he had faith and, um, and they made that loaf and then God sustained for years, for years, the little, out of a tiny little jar of oil, the little bit that they had. And so, you know, it's that sustaining grace of God that he, that he's continually supplying everything that we need, that he's going to take care of that and us relying upon him. And again, God opposes the proud. He says, you know, if I say I've got this, God says, good luck. And just to, just to, I'm going to throw a few wrenches in your plan too, you know, um, have fun. Um, but mm. as we humble ourselves, Bible says he gives grace to the humble. And that's where it's saying, God, I need you. And he says, okay, I'm going to help you. We're ready to work now. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sustain you. I'm going to help you. Um, before I read another scripture that um, shows this um, in Philippians, do you have any other thoughts before we move away from James four, six for now? Nope. I'm good. Um, okay. So in Philippians chapter two, verses 12 and 13, um, there's a very beautiful picture of God's sustaining grace in his work in our lives. Um, I enjoy the new living translation, the way that it, um, the way that it, uh, um, brings this out. Um, many people know Philippians two twelve. Paul is talking to the church, um, of Philippi and he says, dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. He says, Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. And what's the typical translation that that many people have probably um, <laughs> work out work out your salvation with fear and trembling, ah, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. And that's a very prolific yes, it is. scripture. Um, that is a very prolific. Hey, but here's the truth: if we just quote that scripture, if we just quote verse twelve, and we say say to people, "Work out your salvation with fear and trembling." Cool. What's you, that mean? You've signed them up mm. for, for I've got this and I've got to do it myself. I've mm. got to make it happen. It's kind of the, mm. the cultural, I, I feel this strongly, like the American work ethic, like mm. the pull yourself up by the bootstraps ethic of I've got to make it happen. And so if you just say verse 12 and you Interesting. say, I've never really, so like I grew up in a church um, and w- I didn't, I made a face when Andrew was like, what is that usually? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then when you said it immediately, I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. yeah, 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 I got right? you, I got you. Um, whenever that was quoted or mentioned, it was usually more like, um, and the way that I grew up was like, that's your doctrinal opinion. And like, that's between you and the Lord to work that out about whether or not that lines up for what the Lord is saying to you. Oh. But that is interesting. And I, I think I, more, I, I think I am the, minority here. I think mm. most people, I think you're correct. That would speak to the, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. And That's a very do different what you perspective do. on that. Correct. It was interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. But now huh. when, when I've heard it, um, that is this, the sentiment is like, get in hey, there and get it done. Kid. You know, this is, yeah. And this is your, 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 your faith is a fight. You know, you've got mm. to fight it out. And a lot of people will emphasize, um, the images that Paul gives on running the race. It's a competition. You've got, um, the, the like soldiers and fighting, you know, like that you're in the Lord's, 
I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Have you ever heard that one? Yes, yes, I've heard and that. Uh, Olivia has a as a CD that we got as a gift from somebody, and that's like it's like children's songs. And there's like there is an emphasis. You know, this is a fight, and you're on the you're in an army, and you got to take it serious. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, but now this is mm. this this revolutionized in in a in a in a way, um, kind of the 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 bigger picture of faith for me, like so many times we take just a small thing and we make it the main thing and we Oof. don't see the big picture. Ooh. Ooh. And that's um, called taking out of context. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and um, so work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You got to do this. You got to make it. Ah. Um, but verse 13. And again, I like the way that it says it in the new living translation. Cause it's very clear. It says for God is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And so, so Paul's, Paul's, um, Paul's bigger picture here is, Hey, you need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You need to, you need to, you need to take your faith serious. Okay. Because God is working in you and he is giving you the power and the desire to do what pleases him. Um, and so he, God is, God is working in us. And that's that grace again, that, that we need to understand that God is empowering us, enabling us, strengthening us. It doesn't mean we just sit around all day and we're like, God, it's all in your hands, but it is coming to God and saying, Hey, I'm supposed to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. I'm going to, I'm supposed to take this serious. God, I need your help because you're working in me. You're empowering me. You're enabling me. <laughs> I love it. It's like, it's not only the power to get the job done, but even the desire that he's changing our hearts, transforming us. You know what that echoes, right? Like Jeremiah 31. Yeah. Behold, the days are coming of a new covenant that I will put my heart inside you with my law written on it. And you will want to do what's right because it's in there. And Ezekiel 36 and Joel I think it's yeah. two or three. I can't remember which one where Peter quotes all the stuff, all those things that it's for me uh, in the last, again, you guys are going to get really tired the more that I'm on here of hearing the same thing in the last two years. Cause the last two years of my life, the Lord has just been turning it up because I have become aware of how that was a thing for me <laughs> that it was, you know, me. Um, essentially my focus was in the wrong spot. And so I don't know that it applies for everybody, but if, it might apply to you, so I'll say it. Not you, Andrew. Anyone who's listening to this. Yeah. Thing. I mean, it could be you too. I don't know. Not important. So all too often as Christians, we have our goals set in a way that are untenable. Yeah. And so like on my podcast, I asked my buddy two episodes ago, I had this question for him. I said, what's, what is the point of being a Christian? Like, what's the mm -hmm. goal of being a Christian? And he said something that for like most of my life, I prayed like this phrase, like, Hey, to like, to be like Christ and to glorify God in everything that I do. And I was like, cool. So why don't you do that? Like, why is, what's that look like for you? Like, tell me what are you, can you be Christ-like? Mm. Like, and he was like, well, no. And it was like, <laughs> correct. Cause if I could be Christ-like, I wouldn't need Christ. Cause then I would just be able to be like Christ and follow the law. Yeah. Said, so if your goal is to like, and I understand the sentiment that we want to be near God and that we want to be like him. Mm -hmm. 
But if my goal is to be like him, it very quickly reduces and becomes reductive to what am I doing? The works that I'm doing, am I doing what Christ did? I'm not saying that we shouldn't because like the real reality of this is that that is exactly what will happen Mm -hmm. when we are transformed by God. But if our goal is to be doing things, yeah, then it becomes very works-based. Yeah. It becomes, cool, I have to earn this thing. I can't earn it. Like, that's the whole point of grace, that I can't do it, that I can't earn it. Yeah. And so, recently, the Lord has, uh, in Jeremiah 9, I think it's like right at the end of chapter 9, says, with what can a person extol themselves? Is like the really old-fashioned English. Mm. With what can a person be proud? Essentially, yeah. is another way to say it. It says, don't let the wise person be proud of his wisdom. Don't let the strong person be proud of his strength. Don't let the rich person be proud of his riches. But only with this can somebody be proud. Their knowledge and contemplation of me. For I am the Lord, the worker of goodness, righteousness, and justice in the land. And in these is my desire. Mm -hmm. And that like really kind of sums it up for me that when my goal has now shifted from, Lord, I want to be like you to, Lord, I want to know you. I want to be around you then all the sanctification process happens inherently yeah. because that's exactly what he said would happen. <laughs> yeah. But if our goals are in the wrong spot, yeah. then we can't stand like, I don't know if this is one that's coming up or not, but I was looking on the way over here. I was trying to cheat and find like, you know, some, some sustaining grace things. Cause this yeah. like before this conversation, sustaining grace was not like really a term that I, was really yeah, aware of I, I as a thing. I don't know if it is a thing. I just made it up. I just right, I'm not like, mad at it. Like, I think yeah. it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I, I specifically really like the fact of how the Lord said it, the sustaining and also because it's succinct. So the grace again resounds from the cross and it's this idea of stepping into what Jesus left for us to stand in. Yeah. And like the same thing that Paul says in Romans and Peter says in second Peter they use pretty similar terminology to stand in the grace of God, yeah. to stand in it. And Peter says to stand firm in it, mm-hmm. like, which seems to indicate that like there will be things that will try to make you not stand firm in it. Cause yeah. that's the admonition to plant your feet in the grace of Jesus and in the grace of what he did. And that, that I think is like, it's everything to yeah. stand in, uh, in what he has already done. Like it, again, it starts to get pretty philosophical when you think about it. Cause then it's, if Jesus has already paid for everything that I've ever done wrong, it, it, like if you get chicken and egg territory, then it's like, cool, what do I do now? Cause yeah. like, what's the point of this? So don't, don't get chicken and egg. Cause like that, there is like a definitive point. And the definitive point is that Jesus is, and the whole process of sanctification is to make us into images of his son. And that we can then go and give people the same thing. So like Hanukkah is happening right now. Mm-hmm. One of the things uh, I thought that I was reading when we were doing our stuff, lighting the menorah and everything was uh, when we share water, like if I were to pour water from uh, a pitcher into cups, if I share the water, then everybody has less water. Fire mm-hmm. is the exact opposite. That the more I share fire, nothing is diminished. It's just amplified. Mm-hmm. And so this idea and like the fire mm-hmm. is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, yeah. This that it is everyone is benefited when this is brought out and that really our mission should be to help others come to the same conclusion that we've, we've come to that who Jesus is and what he's capable of doing. Like our God is not in the habit of making bad people into good people, but making dead people into alive people. Yeah. And until we understand that our position without God is death, then we will try to do anything else 
because we're going to think that's okay. Mm-hmm. And like, essentially until we realize that the sustaining grace of the Lord is the only thing that can make us alive, we will attempt to make that everything else. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. Yeah. And God's, um, God's grace, like we don't, we don't access God's grace through our doing. No, we access God's grace from our being. Um, and really from our not doing where we are no longer trying to hold everything together and hold everything up, but we come before him and say, I don't got it. Here I am. I need you. What a great phrase. Here I am. Here I am. Prolific in the old Testament. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Isaiah, Moses, like Samuel, every, all the, all the greats, all the greats. (laughs) It's a super, the word for behold in Hebrew, hine. The word for like, here I am, hineni, behold, I am. Like, mm. behold me. Like, I'm, here I am. Yeah. And it's a, it's echoed so many times in the Hebrew scripture over and over again. Hineni, hineni, yeah. here I am. Which is again, exactly like, every time this is said, what are they bringing? Empty hands and an open heart. Here I am. Yeah. This, and this is what I have to offer it. Nothing, because I have nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to, you've got to slow down and be yes. with the Lord and um, take the humble place. Um, because in essence, I think that busyness is an expression of pride Mm. in our, in our hearts and our our minds, because it's like, I can do more. I can keep going. I can accomplish and achieve. I can, I can do this. I got, I just got to keep going. And, um, and there has to be a point where we, are okay with not achieving, not doing, not accomplishing where we can just be with the Lord and humble ourselves and come before him and receive from him because he's the source, not ourselves. And we, I think way over as well, I think we, we delude ourselves in the modern context to think that I, I read the verse of the day on the Bible, um, on, on the version Bible or Bible gateway. I read the verse of the day and you know what, now check. I now I check and now I'm, Ugh. I'm good for, for the rest of the day. And I got to, and I got to get things done or I got to get to what's important or I got to do all this stuff. And we think, ah, you know, God's, God's got me. And I listened to Caleb on the way to work. No. And now I got it. You know, <laughs> I listen to Christian radio, you know, it's like, um, I've You've seen th- men in black, right? Yeah. You know where he's got the pug and he's like just shaking it like crazy. And he's like, the dog's like, ah, ah, ah. yeah. I just want to do that with people when people, I hear yeah. them say, because like, bro, you're missing it. Yeah. And you're it's, missing it. Yeah. It's about him. And it's and- like, bro, like, and I know you know this. I know you do. Whether you've thought about it like what I'm about to say, irrelevant, but I know you know it because I deep calls out to deep and I know you've mm-hmm. seen it. In the Old Testament and under the old law, Right, one person once a year could go before the presence of the Lord and not be killed instantly. Mm-hmm. We are literally walking around with that same presence of God in our bodies, and it's not tearing us to pieces every second of the day. Yeah, and yet we don't. We care. are. Or, I don't know that it's pure apathy as much as it's ignorance. Like yeah. some of it, I think, is ignorance. Some of it think is apathy. I, I mean, it doesn't really yeah. matter. Like where the, we're sedated, ah, deceived, deceived. Yeah, like. So like sheep, I was talking to my wife this morning, we were driving somewhere. We as people, as the human race are like sheep. 
sheep aren't stupid per se. They just don't think mm-hmm. like they're, it's not that they lack intelligence. It's that they don't use the intelligence yeah. that they have. And so like you're in front of me, sheep and I'm sheep behind you. I'm just going to follow you because you're in front of me. Yeah. And like, that's humans. We do this all day, every day where it's just go with the flow. Don't, if you don't glide, you grind. So I don't want to grind. I'm just going to keep going. Mm. And like the thing that we don't even appreciate as Christians is the, the real, I like, I really understand. I really love that verse about fear and trembling. Cause like the fear of the Lord is not just respect. I mean, there's a reason every time any one of our race interacted with anything divine, they fell to the floor like dead. Hmm. Cause again, it's like using a human and an ant is still the ant is too big. Like I'm yeah. like a molecule. I'm like mm-hmm. less than a molecule. I don't even a, a muon maybe in physics. If you're into physics, <laughs> maybe I'm as big as a muon. That's probably too big. We're talking about quantum realm there. God is massive. And the fact that he even is interested in, yeah. humanity yeah. is a testament. And then the fact that he wants personal connection yeah. with a human of the human race is ridiculous. Like if an ant were coming near me, most of the time I'm like, get out of my house, man. I don't want you here. You're over here to steal my food. Like get out yeah. of here, ant. <laughs> and God wants to know us. Like Psalm 37, Psalm 37, four, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, right? Yeah. That word for delight in Hebrew is hitanag. Okay. Hitanag, it, the hit there, that's a reflexive verb. Anag means when you look up the etymology, it's like um, the amorous looks that two lovers give each other. Mm. Very intimate terminology here. It's not like just be happy with the Lord. Just like be happy that he's a thing. We're talking about deep, intimate, physical connection that is expressed non-verbally through two people that have a connection. Yeah. And this is how we should be approaching the Lord because the reality is that this is how the Lord looks at us. And that's Mm. wild that the Lord even wants to know me. Yeah. And yet then, and still pursues me like he wants to know me. And when we reciprocate that, when we are really looking for the Lord like that, he shows up in so many marvelous ways. And it's, it's something that we don't even make a priority to. And like so many times, like it, it's one of the most often used words in the old Testament, wait, mm. wait, yeah, wait, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. And wait. And uh, I know you mentioned it last episode when I was here, um, the silence and solitude. Yeah. Fantastic. It's yeah. a fantastic. It's also, um, I'm in a bunch of different circles on the internet. One of the people I follow is like a Orthodox, I guess, priest. I don't know what they call them in the Orthodox tradition. He was talking about how this is an integral part of their tradition's prayer. Mm. That you, it is an understood concept in their way they even teach prayer is that there needs to be time in your prayer life where you are silent and just mm-hmm. sitting with the Lord. Yeah. Like if you're constantly talking to God mm-hmm. and God's trying to talk to you. Yeah. Well, and I don't give him space yeah. to talk. Well, and there, and there's a kind of prayer that's like work. Yes. Right. And, um, and it, and it sometimes is reduced to, um, trying to control God mm-hmm. or use God or, like that prayer is just the right lever that I can pull and work it. Magic words and that I can say to get an outcome. Yes, exactly. Mm. And it's like, and, um, and it's like, and it's like work and it's almost again, even though we're asking God, we are 
um, almost still in a sense, leveraging pride um, that I can do this. Um, God, take care of it. Boom. I got it done. You know, yes. like, like it's so pompous and ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah. I was, I was just yeah. reading, I was reading today, um, Cyprian or Cyprian, um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, like 200 in the 200s AD church father. Um, and I'm studying the Lord's prayer because mm-hmm. I'm going to be sharing on that in January at the church. And, um, and you know, he, he goes on this whole thing. I don't know if you've read, like, I'm sure, I don't know if you've read any church father's stuff. Um, Very minimally. Yeah. I think you'd enjoy it. Cause it's like, okay. If you read a, you read a book, a Christian book written today. Oof. Um, Oof. <laughs> Oof. He said, Oof. 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 Um, I don't really read very many Christian okay. books written yeah, today. So, okay. So there's, there's a wide range. Yes. Um, maybe in a little bit, I'll mention a quote from Dallas Willard on grace mm. that I have written down. Dallas Willard, his stuff is deep and rich and you know each page has like half a dozen to a dozen scriptures mm. sparse throughout in context okay mm. and it is rich you're like wow you know you read it and you like you you walked away almost like a full course meal of of scripture mm. of of content of of god's heart and mind you know and you're like wow mm. and then there's <laughs> then there's books that is like what in the world was that Based on Christian ideas. Yeah. Based on Christian <laughs> ideas, lots of fluff, and it's still only a hundred pages. <sighs> and, um, and so, but anyway, when you read the church fathers, you, you have to like sit down and take a break. Okay. Because you're like the, just the, the depth and the level with mm. which they, they communicate, um, reference scripture, um, and, and like the, the way that they interpret things is, you know, just incredible. And, and some, um, depending on um, where know, they were at and what time it was, and yeah, and like they're they're over here. Like um, you've heard the the story of of Hannah in um, in Second Samuel, I believe, yes. where she yes. um, she utters a prayer, but her li- um, she she utters a prayer. Her lips moved, but her her voice was silent. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, and he's like, and this is a model of the church. He's like, and this is this is a, a representation of the church, and that you know we need to be humble and modest in our prayers. And he went on this whole thing about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is in the context of him getting into the Lord's prayer. He didn't even get to it because it's just the know, preamble. Yeah. Because Jesus talked about, don't be like the hypocrites on the street corner shouting out. Don't be like, yeah. Don't be like the Gentiles who, you know, vain repetition and all that stuff. Cause God knows what you need before you ask it. Um, hmm. And so he's going in all, but he has this whole thing. He's like, don't be pompous. Um, like a, like an immature man who just carries on, you know, he's like, he's like, be modest and self-controlled in your prayers and, um, and be like, I don't remember the exact words, but the sense of like quiet and dignified and, and, and humble, you know, like, um, and there's this picture of this, this prayer that is like a little bit more chill, <laughs> a little bit more chill. And, um, and, you know, it's just, I don't know, I, I bring that up to just say it's interesting is that um, sometimes we portray powerful prayer as volume, mm. um, volume and length mm. when uh, prayer is really, it's about the heart. And again, I think it goes back to this, um, God resists the proud, resists the it's proud, true. but gives grace to the humble. And, um, and I think actually I have... I think I have it up here. Um, he says, um, 
He says, we ought to be mindful of modesty and discipline, not to throw abroad our prayers indiscriminately, but with um, with unsubdued voices, nor to cast to God with tumultuous wordiness, a petition that ought to be commended to God by modesty. And then this is the interesting, he says, this is such a good like one liner. Um, For God is the hearer, not of the voice, but of the heart. Mm. Oh my gosh. God Mm. is the hearer, not of the voice, but of the heart. And that means I can come before God and be with him silently and more can happen than me uttering a thousand of the perfect prayers. It's true. Right. And, um, and it positions us to be with him, to receive from him, to receive his grace. Everything needs to flow out of that space. Um, unless you have a comment on that, do you have a comment or a thought on that? Just a cool analogy and I'll yeah. keep it very brief. So we were doing um, renovations at our house and I was doing light switches. Okay. And um, I'm not an electrician, but I can, yeah, handy enough to understand what I can do and not do. And uh, in English, we call them switches. In Spanish, we call them interruptores. And in French, they call it interrupteur, which means an interrupter. Mm. And in Spanish and the Romance languages, they're interrupters. Okay. And so when the light is off, you turn the light switch off and it has a mechanism that puts a piece of metal in between the, uh, stops the flow of electricity, electricity from yeah, the source yeah. into the place that it's seen. Mm. And when you turn it on, you remove the obstruction. Mm-hmm. And when I was doing it, the Lord really like smacked me in the head with it. And I was like, wow. Like so often we ask, like I, at least I have, and I'm, I'm sort of, you can probably empathize like, Lord, I just want to be a conduit for like you. And I don't know that we always say conduit, but like, you know, I just want to be a vessel and I want to be all these things. And, um, what that often looks like is getting out of the way of it, like Mm. not obstructing what the Holy spirit is trying to do in us. Yeah. And, uh, the Hebrew word for prayer is hit palel, which again is reflexive. Palel means to judge or to discern. And so essentially the Hebrew idea of prayer is judging yourself. And very quickly we would come up with, I have no legs to stand on. I'm Lieutenant Dan. I have to, I just have to be yeah. in God's presence because there's nothing that I can bring that's good to this place. Uh, for everyone that's younger. Um, <laughs> that's a Forrest Gump reference. Forrest Gump, Lieutenant <laughs> Sorry. Dan. Sorry, I'm, friends, I'm in injured, my mid thirties. <laughs> injured in war, right? Lost his legs yes, in yes. war. Yeah, He's yeah. in the Vietnam War, loses his legs and Forrest Gump, who has a really funny accent, says, you got no, le- you got new legs, Lieutenant Dan? Because he gets yeah. some prosthetic legs and you know. Yeah. Forrest so, is a simple man. So, so we just had to give you that context. Sorry. I gotta, gotta remember who I'm speaking to. So, uh, the idea is that like, again, I have nothing good that I can offer the Lord to say, look, see, I earned it here. Like I see, I've, I've done enough. Yeah. I've been enough, you know, anything. So the idea of Hebrew prayer is coming very quickly into focus of who and what I am and what I need, which is everything from the Lord. Yeah. That I, he, I'm here. Whatever you say, that's what it is. Yeah. And that is the idea for me of sustaining grace, of constantly living and understanding that. Yeah. And letting that work through your life. Yeah. And what that looks like can vary. Like, you know, what the Lord, not every member of the body is made for the same function. Mm -hmm. Well, made in the exact same way, but the function is the same in terms of what our goal is. But uh, living and being spirit led is essentially my understanding of what sustaining grace is, is being led by the spirit in everything that you're doing. Yeah. And in every way that you are, which 
It is a fantastic, like if you don't know it and if you don't know what I'm talking about, start there. Start, yeah. start sitting in the presence of the Lord and asking him to lead you because man, it is a, it is quite an experience. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's powerful. God's grace. Um, we should not neglect mm. God's grace and to receive even the sacraments. And I like the word sacrament because it's just a stronger it's a good word. Old, good old word. Good old word. The sacraments um, of the church, um, like baptism, communion, mm. um, marriage in the Catholic uh, in the Catholic tradition, and probably I think the Orthodox tradition, probably. marriage was a sacrament. Mm. Um, and sacraments are. Uh, basically, if we want to simplify it, opportunities to receive God's grace. Mm. And now, tracking with what you were saying, the origination of God's grace the, the, um, comes from Christ's sacrifice on the cross, and it's reverberating out. And so it's not so much that God is, um, it's not so much that God is like, all right, I've just produced new grace for you. Here's a, a, a new portion. It's more like new perspective on the existing. New perspective on the existing. And here's here's a picture. Um, God's got a bank account, mm. and He made one deposit, Jesus Christ, on the cross, and that one deposit still writing checks, infinitely valuable. And it's when we when we make a withdrawal, right, mm. or we or we write a check, and you know we we are accessing. Do you guys know what a check is? Oh yeah, I'm sure they do. When you um, use your credit card when, or when your... you take Bitcoin out of the blockchain. <laughs> um, no. uh, but uh, you yes, know, when you make a withdrawal, a like let's say, let's say it's like you're as a Christian, you got a debit card. Okay. Mm. And that, that account is linked to, to God's account and that's, it's funded by God's grace. And it's, it's always has an, more than enough. And we need to swipe that card every day, every chance we get. But anyway, so the sacraments. That's a really, that's a really good analogy. Yeah, well, let's hope we remember it. Um, but the sacraments, mm -hmm. right? I get the impression that sometimes it's more like, you know, God's producing a substance, a new thing, like, you know, in that moment, whatever. But in those traditions, in those Eastern traditions and, and uh, in Catholic traditions, um, the sacraments have an incredibly strong and big picture of God's grace and the receiving of his grace through the sacrament. And um, I read a beautiful book. I think you would really enjoy it. It's called Water from a Deep Well. And you could borrow it if you want to take it right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> not anyone listening. There's only one copy. It's just me. And it's for Jeff. Um, fantastic book. This guy goes through the, the early church to now. And he and he's defined several eras, um, and drawing from different streams and different different um, places within church history, valuable things that we can. And he said, "Water from a deep well." It's kind of like being being blessed by the different traditions and different things that have happened throughout Christian history. And he talked about the sacraments of the, um, I guess, the medieval church, like early. <laughs> Early what a time period. <laughs> um, um, but the church life revolved around the sacraments more than anything else um, in the sense that they didn't really understand the scripture. They didn't really understand a lot of the liturgy, but it was a sacramental faith that you in taking the sacraments. I heard that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Don't, don't, don't. Um, 
in taking the sacraments, you were partaking in receiving God's grace. Now, I think that there were there are abuses of the interpretation um, and going too far. We don't have enough like, time today to talk yeah, about all that, like, but yes. You have to take communion or you're not continually saved. You know, you, you, you stop taking communion, you are at risk of not being saved. Um, okay. Um, but, I mean, I, I could debate that out. Yeah. For or against, but, yeah. <laughs> but well, uh, I, I like when Jesus talks about it in John chapter six, unless you eat my flesh, drink my blood, you know, correct. Um, you in, and he's alluding to the, alluding to the big picture concept of communion. He says that if you eat my flesh, drink my blood, you'll abide in me and I'll abide in you. Correct. Um, I think that there is more to communion than the physical act for sure. Yeah. And, and even, you know, um, <laughs> We're just off topic now, but like, I think it's funny. It's like our, for a lot of traditions in the church, the main emphasis of communion is kind of like bitterness and betrayal on the night he was betrayed. Mm. <laughs> I'm mm. like, <laughs> anyway, that's I mean, like, it totally, was, it was the night he was betrayed. Yeah, but like, also, no, I know it's like, I think it's not the point. Kyle. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny. That's not the point. It's totally not a point. In the, but, um, but, uh, but I think that there's more even in those sacraments than we, than we realize. And, um, my eyes were opened to like, wow, there is, if we use that analogy, God's bank account, we have a debit card access to his grace. Um, those sacraments of communion, even marriage. And I, I need to look at that again and remind myself what the other sacraments were. You are basically taking a withdrawal. There is a there is a a substantial moment spiritually that's happening as you are eating his flesh, drinking his blood, enjoying the elements of communion, and communing with him, um, and reminding yourself of what he's done for you, and coming to him, and humbling yourself. Again, it's like a built-in mechanism of. Imagine if I that can't. was actually in the forefront of your mind. Yeah, when you were. Like if you took communion every day and you made it a point to say, well, that's why they, did, only it. they because, did it every week. Correct. Cause it's only because of this that I can do anything Yeah, that it would be much more present in your everyday thought pattern. What a strong and powerful emphasis on the grace of God and what he has done, not what correct you have done. And like any married person can tell you like, yeah, like yeah. I, I need the Lord. Cause this is, yeah, whew, I love this woman. But man, well, there are some things that yeah. this is bringing out of me. Yeah. There are some things like this is a, it's a forced exercise in practicing sustaining grace. Yeah. Same thing with being a parent. Yeah. Children, like Psalm 127. They, they you so much. Everybody knows the quiver full part of Psalm 127, mm -hmm. but read that in context. Cause man, it says, blessed is the young man who has a quiver full of them. Not an old man, the young yeah. man. Yeah. And it says that specifically it uses, that's playing on the analogy that it says children in the hand of a young man are like arrows in the hand of a soldier. Mm. So a soldier uses arrows to deadly effect because they're trained with them and they're lethal with them. Mm -hmm. That this is what they're literally, this is their function as a soldier. And that for a young person, they're like that. Do most young people have what it takes to, to, to like make the right decisions with things? Not usually, experientially. <laughs> okay. Cause you haven't experienced enough, yeah. but being a parent especially from a young age, I'm not encouraging going and being a parent. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying what the Bible's saying about this yeah. is that it will force you to understand grace mm. if you're a young person who's a parent because it's going to make you get up to speed on what you're capable of, what you're incapable of, and so how much limited. you need the you're Lord. So limited. And yeah. how much you need the Lord. And that's the whole idea that 
when this happens at a young age, that it forces upon you. If you don't like that analogy, this yoke, all right, this, this, um, a yolk is not from an egg. I mean, it is an egg, but this, the yolk is a <laughs> it's agricultural an egg yolk on you. <laughs> it's, it's an agricultural thing. That's forcing this, um, this understanding that you, of what you need in life, mm. not want what you need in life, which is the Lord. Cause parenting, oh man, if marriage doesn't, parenting will absolutely drive you to your knees yeah. because you have to be, cause it's got, a, it's theocentric. The Lord yeah. has to be the center. Yeah. Definitely. So I understand why they're sacraments, especially as an idea, because it it forces you to go back to the origination point, the sustaining yeah. grace, going yeah. back to I Jesus, I, I need, need you, you every I day. Need you. I need you. I need you. Yeah. Yeah. Let me read this. Um I was reading some prayers from the church fathers this morning because oh. again, I'm I'm studying prayer for uh um January. And um there's this prayer from Saint Ambrose of Milan. Ah. Okay, and he was he was alive from 337 mm. to 397 AD. Mm. Okay. Um and it's interesting because that means he would have been active around the time when Constantine um I'm making a very specific face right now. Yeah, I know. Um Constantine Right after the first council of Nicaea. Yeah, and um from my understanding, like later in the 400s, you have the 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 desert fathers and mothers, the mm. people that fled the cities because discipleship um, went down the tubes as it became popular. Instead of being the minority, we need to go against the green. Christianity got very popular. Status became a status symbol. Correct. Not a not a sacrificial carrier cross. It replaced like, Pharisees as a thing. Yeah. For that culture and that time. Yes. And so, um, but yeah, so I think this is interesting seeing this prayer. I wonder if this had anything mm. to do with it. But I really enjoyed this because it to me, um, it 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 brings in some of those concepts like uh um new heart of flesh. Mm. Um and uh so he prayed this, O Lord, who has mercy upon all. Take away from me my sins and mercifully kindle in me the fire of your Holy Spirit. Take away from me the heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh, a heart to love and adore you, a heart to delight in you, to follow and to enjoy you for Christ's sake. Mm. Man. And notice it. Notice, notice what he didn't, didn't say in there. Give, give, Give me, give me, um, give me more power to, to have more influence and make a bigger impact. Even though you do see like the, the prayer of Jabez, that's sure. people really enjoy that. I really, <laughs> really like Jabez, man. Um, they really like, yeah, Jabez. they really like Jabez. Cause I think that, uh, that, that lends that to book, cult. Cause that book, that the prayer of Jabez. Yeah. The prayer, and that lends to cultural values in America. I think yes. more influence, more, more impact, more, more, more. Yeah. Um, I do want more, but not of those things. Yeah. And so, um, but mm. I love that that heart in that prayer to enjoy you, God. You know, like, and he he comes and confesses, like, remove my sins. I am I am a man with flaws and faults, and and I am not perfect, and I need your help. And he's he's stooping, he's he's humbling, and the reignite the the pot the fire of the Holy Spirit in me, and and um you know give me a give me a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone, so that I enjoy you, that I know you, that I be with you, that I love you. Like wow, um, this is coming from the mouth of a man who at this point has probably been a Christian for a long time. 
Probably. So like so many times in our country's church in America's church, you see this when somebody's on fire and brand new in the Lord, but then they get, we get steeped in Americanisms and all kinds of other things. And, uh, exactly like what you said in the beginning, they're like, cool. By the grace of God, I got here and now I'm here. Yeah. We don't graduate. Man, no, no, we do not ever. Like, and this is the closer you get to the Lord, the more apparent what Ambrose said is our need. Yeah. I like, cause this transformation is a continual process. Yeah. Repentance is a continual process. Salvation is a continual process. Yeah. It is over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. It's not an event. It's a lifestyle. Yep. Yep. It is a light. And it's that sustain every day. Like when I persecution need, hits, you, dude, like, Oh boy. <laughs> oh man. When persecution really comes. Cause like around the world, it's still a thing. Yeah. When it comes in our nation, because I think it's coming, the only way we're going to exist and survive as a people of God is if this is our reality. If we are sustained by the Lord and by nothing else. Yeah. Because we got a lot of uh, a lot of people that are here because it's it's convenient. Like, oh man, this is, you know, hey man, this, I feel better when I go to church. Yeah. Good. I'm glad that you do feel better because like he does heal the, the broken heart and all these but that can't be the base, bro. Like that can't be the base. Yeah. And if no, it is, to, it needs to be about him. We need to love him more than anything. And if it is the base, we'll start there and go sit with the Lord and, and really investigate that. Cause, uh, he has so much more for you and for me. Yeah. And if we are, I got this. <laughs> well, well he has camped against you until you come back. Yeah. And when you come back, cool. Hey, now I have so much more for you. Yeah. If so much more, yeah. but until we recognize that he is absolutely camped against it. Yeah. We do not graduate from needing God's true. help. That's a good one. Don't graduate from uh, needing to be with God and to know him. Mm. We don't um, ever le- ever reach a, a, a higher level where it's like, now nah, I've, I've been through the basics. Mm. Now I need the deep stuff. Mm. The deep stuff is knowing God. This Correct. is eternal life that we know the Father and the Son whom He sent. Like this is the 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 greatest goal is to just sit and be with the Lord, and then let your life flow out of that place where I am in a deep abiding relationship with the Lord. That we're in union. It's true. Um, we got to land this plane. It's true. Um, I want to keep flying, but yeah, this has been a great conversation. But I want to read this quote from Dallas Willard in a book called The Renovation of the Heart. And it's about um, growing in God's grace. Because um, 2 Peter 3.18, Peter says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. We need to grow in grace. Um, we need to grow. Like we Correct. need to grow in our dependency and our desire and our need. And Dallas Willard says this to grow in grace means to utilize more and more grace to live by. Notice it says utilize it. You know, it's out there. It's available. Like to utilize more and more grace to live by until everything we do is assisted by grace. Then whatever we do in word or deed will all be done in the name of the Lord Jesus the greatest saints, and this is so key, the greatest saints are not those who need less grace, but those who consume the most grace. 
who indeed are most in need of grace, those who are saturated by grace in every dimension of their being. Grace to them is like breath. It's a great quote. Yeah. Like I, I, I remember when I first read it in this book, just the, the line he says, no, they consume more grace. Mm. Like you're just like, I cannot get enough of the grace of God. And it's not giving me license to do whatever I want, but it's that I'm literally, Lord, I need you so much. And in everything I do, I need you and I need your help. And I'm, and I'm going to rely upon you and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to come to you. And I know that it's, it's not me, it's you, you know, (laughs) in the most positive, it's not me, it's you, you know, it's like, in the like, I need you, I need your help. And, um, to be in that position of humility and he is going to continue to give us grace and help us. It's true. If we ask, we will receive. He will. It's help. true. Yeah. Awesome. You have any other thoughts, Jeff? I mean, you always have other thoughts. I got so many thoughts. Like, uh, you have not because you ask not, or you have not because you ask, and you ask amiss, seeking to de- use it on your own lusts. And that's where that, James chapter four. That's in huh? James. It's yeah, right it's there. all in that same right conversation that he's having. That. That uh, every that like sometimes the Lord's coordination is just so on the nose that I'm like, bro, like come on, come on, like <laughs> bro, this is uh, the Lord has been walking me through this in my life literally in the last decade, and it's just, just wild to be a part of, man. Yeah, um, that this is available to you, whoever is listening to this. This is available to you. Yeah. That uh, in order to access it, you have to come in the right frame of mind, which is, which is humility and understanding what you have to offer the Lord, which is uh, nothing, yeah, nothing and everything. And understanding it like that, like I can't bring you anything that makes this better. Essentially you're like a little kid. Like I broke it. I froed up. Yeah. Like when, <laughs> when your kid comes crying into the room in the middle of the night, I froed up. Like I need you to I clean pee. me. I need you for I everything. Myself. Yes. Yeah, and I know that. that that's essentially what we come to the Lord with. And then he's like, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. So 100%. if you don't know this experientially, if you don't know this to be a truth in the fact that you're living it, start there and talk to the Lord about it. Cause he wants it for you too. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, um, we're going to just in a moment, take, take a pause and give you an opportunity to be with the Lord and to receive his grace. And um, again, 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 I'll always harp on this. this is why I love silence and solitude as a mode of prayer, as a mode of being, as a mode of receiving from the Lord. Um, it really is the one thing where you really do nothing, you know, <laughs> in that sense of like, I'm not trying to pull a lever. I'm not trying to make something happen. I'm not trying to work the system. I'm not trying to get the end result. I just need you, God. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to stop. I'm going to sit. I'm going to be in your presence. And I'm going to receive from you whatever you have for me. Um, And uh, um, I think that that really creates an environment in your heart for humility to receive from God. That um, like you really have to be humble to just sit in silence. (laughs) <laughs> like you have to, you have to humble yourself. Cause it's like, 
very quickly you think this is stupid, you know, like <laughs> nothing's happening. This isn't worth it. You know, like there's, there's not, a, not enough's happening. Like it's mm-hmm. not, and from our perspective, and you could say that that's the the voice of pride again is like, it's not, it's not dynamic enough and that's not, not enough happening. It's like, I can, I can, I can use this time better. Oh man. There's that, there's, <laughs> there's that, 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 that picture Those of pride statements. yeah like i could be using this time better whoa lamentations just so many things are said in chapter three it says it is good to wait silently for the salvation of the lord mm. it's good to wait silently yeah so it's, often it's we as americans are just running our mouths yeah so try that just try to sit silently it is good to wait silently not and like I will not say so like there's a difference and I know you know this there's a difference between sitting silently and waiting on the Lord and emptying your mind I will never tell you to empty your mind that is a very far east thing yeah don't do that do not empty your mind all right focus on the Lord and say Lord I'm here I'm here yeah and I'm quiet and I'm going to wait for you Lord be very specific yeah it's not like magic words or anything but like don't get in a practice of emptying yourself that's not a thing in fact Biblical meditation is the exact There's opposite. Content. It's filling yourself, yeah. filling yourself with the Lord. Mm-hmm. But to, to in this stuff, just to yeah, sit invite, on the Lord. And invite the Holy Spirit. Yes. I, I will say that um, focusing on your breathing, you know, we like, again, like you said, we want to be careful. Like we're not going down any weird roads. Correct. But um, there are things in the, in like church history, like breath prayers. Yeah. People would, people would breathe like, at like, in the rhythm of their breathing, they would pray um, the um, the sinner who who goes into the temple where you know there was the Pharisee who who prayed and he's like I feel so great about my prayers I'm amazed. He beats I his did breast it. and says, yeah, the guy, yeah, "Save me, I am an unrighteous sinner." That's in Luke. Yes, yeah, and Luke, I know that because I've been reading. I've been reading Luke this month. Yeah, and so but the the prayer that he prayed, I think it's called the Mea Copa, right, or something I like that, so, and, which is my fault in in, in the Latin. Mea Copa. Yeah, yeah, and yes. so so he comes in and he prays. He says, um, "Lord Jesus, um, Son of David, have mercy on me, a sinner." Yes, um, and you can pray that in a rhythm, in a way, like as you're breathing in and out, as you're as you're settling yourself. Um, they actually call those breath prayers. So I'm not mad at and, that at all. Yeah, no, no. So I'm just, I just couched it with, you know, like we're Correct. saying, focus on your breathing, you know. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes I'll be like, Holy Spirit, I'm here. You know, like, like, come Holy Spirit, do your work in me. You know, like you take yeah. a deep breath in and then, and and exhale, Lord, you're here. You know, like, remember that Jesus is here. Like, I think there's something in that when we, um, um, consciously settle ourselves. Yes. Yes. In oh, there's breathing techniques. Like yeah. so many of the things, so many of the things, so many yeah. of the things that we do. Like I just, it, everything's connected. Uh, <laughs> there's this, um, I'm in law enforcement. So there's, it's called um, combat breathing, which is where you breathe in for four, hold it for four, exhale for four, hold mm. it for four. And it is clinically proven to slow your heart rate. Mm. In fact, it's like the only thing that's clinically proven that you can do in your own body to slow your heart rate down. So if you were in combat, high tense situation, and you can actively engage your brain and make yourself do this breathing, even if you're panting, it will slow your heart rate down and in turn will allow you to breathe normally. So yes, there are techniques. Just be led by the Holy Spirit when you're doing whatever technique it is that you're trying to do so that it's not, you know, 
going to some crazy place. Yeah. You just want to, but you want to, you want to settle down and focus on the Lord. Correct. um, I did this literally last night and it was wild. I even thought about you a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I thought about you a little bit. That's not how I was thinking about you. (laughs) Well, like literally, cause I was, I've been trying to seek the Lord's face three times a day. Mm. And then I, the way that I was trying to, I was like kneeling next to my bed, which I don't usually do. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um, and I was trying and it just was like, I couldn't, like I couldn't quiet myself. And so I just sat down, I turned around, our bed's pretty low to the ground. So I turned around, put a cushion there for the carpeted floor, which was already cushioned so I could sit comfortably (laughs) and then just sat against my bed and like crossed my feet Indian style and like just closed my eyes. And I had that, um, William Augusto, Uh, three hours of soaking in his presence, which I got to say. It might, yeah. maybe it'll help you. It's helped me where it's now like anytime I hear it, my soul is automatically like, oh. it's time to focus now. Yeah. yeah. It's time to focus now. Yeah. And, uh, and so I did, I did that for probably, I don't even know. I didn't time it, but it felt, it felt like it was over before it started, but it, I know it was a pretty decent yeah. chunk of time where I yeah. just sat with the Lord. Well, and the key, key part of silence and solitude is not so much about external silence. Correct. But about silence in your heart. Yeah. That you can be still before the Lord inside. Yeah. Um, and allowing the peace of God to reign and rule in your heart and that the chaos to um come to order, you mm. know, where you are, you have silence on the inside. A lot of people don't have have that because it's just more inputs, more inputs, avoiding. And then in a moment of silence, there's so much that needs to be worked through. Mm. Um, so much to process, so much to release, so much. Um, and so it's not about getting to the perfect physical location and silence, even though that it facilitates that. It's sure. super, Jesus went into the desert. Multiple you know, times. And he didn't have headphones, the Aramos, <laughs> the, the quiet place, right? He didn't have yes. headphones. He didn't have a boom box. He didn't have a cell phone. He didn't have anything. And um I'm assuming I've never really been to a desert. I mm. mean, besides like uh, Nevada um, was out there, you know, but there's, there are some spots in this one park that I went to Valley of fire state park in Nevada, right outside of Las Vegas. And um, there's these giant, you know, stone things that you're walking through. And then there's sand. Cause I guess the erosion mm. from the softer stone created all this sand. And there were some places I kid you not. It was the most, silent place I've ever experienced. Like when, when I say silent, like it's even, it's more silent than silent. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it, but like, I guess it's from the sand, it's absorbing sound. And then you're in between these stones and there's no animals. There's no nothing. There's no birds. There's no rustling of leaves. And it was the most silent, mm-hmm. silent. Okay. There's, yeah. there's you know, silence silent. has a sound. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Like when you, cause I, a couple times in my life, I haven't been to a desert, but I've been in a place where it was so quiet and there was no noise. It's almost deafening the silence. Like it's a yeah. weird, it's like, a, it's like it's on you. Yes. And you can yeah. feel it like, yeah, it's really yeah. quiet right here. Yeah. Um, mm. So Jesus did go into oh, solitude and, and to silent places, but um there's a deeper revelation to silence and solitude that it gets on the inside of you, that it's not so much about, I've got to find the perfect place or else I, it can't happen. No, it's that it's happening on the inside of you so that you're, you are creating a, um, a space where the Lord rules and reigns True. in your heart, in your mind. Um, 
And so, uh, all right, we got to land this plane. We got to, we got to stop talking. Third time's the charm. Um, third time's the charm. <laughs> um, right now, we just want to take a moment and um, press pause. Um, not on the podcast because we're going to give you the space. I mean, if you want more time, you could always press pause. You could do this for like half an hour. I don't care. Um, but we're going to slow down right now and give a space and an opportunity for, um, for us to be with the Lord and respond to his grace, to respond to what we've been talking about, uh, to focus on the Lord. Remember, this is Taste and See podcast. And uh, we want to taste and see that the Lord is good. We want to experience him, know him, love him, humbling ourselves to receive from him because um, we need him. We need him and we need uh, him more than anything else in our lives and in our world. And so, Father, we just come before you. We thank you for your grace through Jesus Christ, his sacrifice for us on the cross. Lord, I thank you that we can stand in your grace. Lord, we can come before you and receive from your grace, be sustained by your grace every day of our lives. And Lord, we just ask that right now you'd help us to be with you to enjoy you, to hear you, to know you, and to love you, God. Lord, we remember right now that you are here. You are with us wherever we are at. We just wait upon you, Lord. Jesus, amen. Let's just wait a moment. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you just again, God, for another day and another day to uh, be with you and to be in your grace, God, another day to know you, God. I thank you for this time specifically that you've set aside in my schedule and in Andrew's, God, to pursue you, God, and to uh, attempt to show others the same things that we have seen, Lord, that we cannot help but speak of the things that we have seen and heard, God. Thank you for all that you are doing, God, that you are a mighty God who is still at work and it's still moving and doing in your people and in this world, God, that you have not forsaken us, nor will you, God, because you are faithful. Lord, I pray that you will continue to reverberate your grace and your word through your body here on earth, Lord, and uh, throughout time, God, as long as it is still called today, God, I pray that those who are listening, God, that they will... Uh, that you awaken us, God, not just them, but us too, that you awake your Holy Spirit in us, God, that we will be, um, that we will come alive, God, come alive in you, Lord, that we will be like those dry bones that are made into flesh and then are breathed into, Lord, and that we will be moving in you, Lord. Teach us to hear your voice. Teach us to know your voice, God, in our lives and help us to be still and quiet before you, God, so that we can hear you. And when we hear your voice, Lord, Help us to obey and to do what it is that you tell us to do, God. We love you and we need you, Lord. We need you so much. 
I ask you these things in the name and blood of Jesus, our Messiah. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, I think that, uh, how long did we talk here? We almost talked for an hour, bro. I'm not surprised. Oof. I've tried. I've, I've yeah. trying to cut it down. Yeah. It's not possible. It's tough. It's, uh, it's tough. All right. Well, this is pound cake. <laughs> it's meatloaf. It's pound cake. Yeah. It's a good time, but I enjoyed our conversation. Thank me you, too. Jeff, Thank for you. joining me. Um, hopefully in the future we can do this again at some point. Yeah, man. Um, Thank you for listening to Taste and See uh, and joining us for this episode. It's always an honor and a privilege to be able to share um, our thoughts and our heart with you and to hopefully help you to learn how to experience God, know him personally, walk with him, and receive his grace. Amen. Amen. VYG Students, uh, I don't know why I just said that. Taste and See is sponsored by VYG Students, a local youth group in the South Jersey area. If you want to learn more, you can go to vygstudents.com. We have full-length messages and more information uh, information about this ministry. We're oftentimes going live on YouTube at 7.15 p.m. on Wednesday nights. The holidays are a little bit wonky. We're out of the rhythm. But in the new year, we will be back uh, in January, Wednesday nights, 7.15 p.m. You can go to vygstudents.com slash live to uh, follow us there on YouTube. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. We love you. Until next time, this is Andrew. I've been Jeff Parks. And he's been Jeff Parks. We'll see you.